Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and TV shows and, you know, whatever of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we are going to be looking at a show that I don't think either of us watched when we were kids. No. I I definitely didn't. I didn't either. Yeah, and that show is Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. Thundering across the stars to save the universe from the monster minds. Jace searches for his father to unite the magic root and lead his lightning league to victory over the changing form of Sawboss. Wheeled warriors explode into battle. Lightning strikes. I have to say about this show right off the bat is that the theme song is amazing. That's probably the reason that probably I'm guessing most of the people watch the show. I'm pretty well. Before we do that today, we're just drinking some Johnny Walker. Oh yeah, um, because for this episode, we we just kind of needed to go all out. Yeah, so. Johnny Walker Black with a little bit of a uh, little ice. bit of ice, and then we've got some Red Stripe as Chasers. Yes, yeah, because yeah. so. it's it's going to be one of those today. Yeah, so cheers, Prost. <laughs> so. So when we decided to do this episode, because uh, Sean and I came with a big list of all the stuff we're going to be working on, um, and when we decided to throw this into our recording rotation, I'm pretty sure that the only reason that we even thought to do this show was because if you watch video, if you find videos online of you on YouTube um, of different TV show intros, like the best TV show intros, the best cartoon intros of the '80s. This one is always on it. Always on it, and I had never heard of it, but I had vague recollections of the toys. Yeah. I, I had a cousin who I'm pretty sure had some of the Monster Mind toys, and I think I think he had Jace's uh, the 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 arm one. The, yeah, what's it called? Battle Master? Or? I don't know. Ar- Ar- armored Armored Division or Armored something? Armored. Ar- Armored bullshit. Pervy grabber. I don't know. But uh, I had never... I, you, so you had never heard of this either, right? I had heard of the show. I had just never seen it. The show, but I mean, as a kid. As a kid, I had never... You weren't aware it not existed. Not at all. No. This, this, was a, this was a toy brand put out by Mattel uh, in the, what, early, early 80s? Yeah, something like that. Um, I think it was put out in... Well... This show, this animated show, was broadcast September 16th of 85. Yeah. And it's a French North American animated TV show. Uh, Mattel, actually, what happened was is they created a toy line first before the show existed, before they even were going to do the show. And so they came out with a toy line, and the toys did not do well. Armed um, Force. Armed Force was the name of Armed Jesus. Force was the yeah. name of his toy because it has an arm that grabs his people. vehicle. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So. No, no, it's okay. So, so the toys had already gone into production and sales of the toys were terrible. Yeah, and so they discontinued the toys. Then they're like, "Well, let's make an animated show." And I think what had happened was is they decided to make the animated show while the sh- while the toys were out but not selling. Yeah. So the show got rushed through really, really obviously. Trust me. Yeah. Really this, fast. This is a turbo rush job. Yeah. So the show got rushed out, and then it got rushed out, and then they get 
the show coming out, it got 65 episodes, which Sean texted me yesterday. He's like, the show got way many more episodes than it ever deserved. Yeah, it, and that, you know what, honestly, that's pretty standard for, it seems like it's pretty standard for shows at the time. It's like a 65 episode yeah, run. I think, I think nowadays we're more used to things like on Netflix or on Amazon where they go for 10 episode runs. Well, 13, 13 or 20 yeah. something. Yeah. Even, yeah, even old anime, that was always the joke. 20, and, it was 26 and, episodes. Yeah, 13 or 26 episodes per season depending on what the show was. But right. it was never, it was never more or less than that. And then we've got these American shows that have, 60 70 80 episodes in a single season because they were playing almost on a weekly basis or almost more than that they were playing on a like a weekly basis plus sometimes during the week yeah so you needed 65 70 80 episodes for the entire run of the show yeah at least long enough to sell a toy mm-hmm. well what was kind of funny though about the toys in the show was that when the animated series came out it had a completely different storyline from from the toy storyline that they created for In it. as much as toys can have a storyline. Well, like, you know, they'd have box art <laughs> yeah. and, the, you know, the commercials for the toys and stuff to the point where, except, except for the vehicles and the names of the vehicles, nothing linked the toys to the animated series. So the show did basically nothing to boost the sales of the toys again. So what you're saying is it was all really poorly planned. On, yeah, the part, on the part wait, of no, the like, goes, marketing team. Planned e- poorly planned even further because the show came out, it had some success, and Mattel then redeveloped new drivers for the second series of uh, toys that more resembled the animated ones, um, as well as some new vehicles. But then those second toys never actually even made it to the shelves. So oh. when you go out and you look for these toys, you'll not find any toys that actually have the characters... From the show. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of the, like... Of they're, the, they're, like, random stock uh, characters. Yeah. It's, like, hu- human... They, nondescript they humans. Yeah, they, they just, like, blue and red jumpsuits on, yeah. a, on a plastic... It's not even a jumpsuit, really. It's blue and red painted plastic men with no face. Yeah. And, and that's, those are the drivers. It's, it's very weird looking. The toys are... So the idea is you've got the, quote, like, Warriors of Light, which are mechanical looking vehicles... There, you know what it is. It looks like a shitty Mars rover with some construction equipment. I, I was gonna, onto it. I was gonna say it looks like some Mad Max bullshit because kind it, of it looks but like clean. Yeah, it, it looks like somebody just had a lot of spare parts lying around and they decided to put them all together on one on one vehicle. Like the main guy, they just arm, said, ah, fuck it. Yeah, armored yeah. force or armed force is literally. It's like a weird. It's like a weird dune buggy with a big claw arm, like on a the loader top of it. Yeah, like a like a. Like a claw arm with some lasers on the like side, a ste- like a steam shovel. Yeah, yeah. And, like, what what purpose was that? Would that serve? And then on the other side, there are the monster mines. The monster mines. And the monster mines are basically uh, they look like like crappy uh, Bigfoot trucks with sort of human esque like faces superimposed into them, and then they have like a plant based looking. Uh, weapon growing out of the top, a because buzzsaw of, or like a flail or or a grabber like claw. Yeah, it's a Venus um, flytrap. Venus flytrap looking thing. And that was it. And and really, what we've described for the toys is really all you need to know for the show too. Yeah, the show. I will it's, say it's I, got a storyline, but it's very weak. I will say right off the bat that this show is not good at all. It and and. And uh, Chris and I were Chris and I were talking about this because I started watching it before he did, which and, is a first. Yeah, and because I usually watch it the day that we record, but I I had some time. I stayed home from work yesterday, and I had some time uh, to myself, so I started watching the show. And I I text him and I said, "This show is 
bad. And he said, how bad? I was like, it is, it is really bad. And he said, my little pony bad. I said, I don't know if it's that bad, but it is, it is right up there. It is like, he wasn't, he wasn't incorrect. I would actually argue that I would probably rather watch my little pony because it's so bad that it's funny. And like, you could put it on in front of somebody and have them laugh. But this is just like, it's one of those things where it's it's, it's bad and boring. Yeah, kind of like Back to the Future, but yeah. worse. Yeah, because this this show had very it it seems like it had very high aspirations of what it wanted to be. Yes, like and you had this sort of epic Star Warsian story about about a yeah, a and they're young... always describing different aliens and different planets, but like it was always throwaway, and then they would never reapproach it, and it yeah. was. Just... So let's let's go over the very very basic plot of this show. The this show features like Chris said the Lightning League and the Monster Minds and you have Jace who is the son of Arik. Yes. Arlik. Uh, Arik, whatever. Jace is the son of this scientist who has created a or he was trying to create a uh, a plant a plant that would feed everybody but essentially yeah. he was he wanted to cure universe hunger yeah. or whatever so somehow Audric some, is his name Audric, sorry, sorry i forgot what it was so somehow some way instead of creating this universal plant food material he created the monster minds he created these evil self uh Self-conscious plants, plant creatures. They look like humans, but they have giant heads. And, and they're all plant-based. And they're all sort of plant-based-esque. And so the whole point of the yeah. show, and and it's stated in every intro, because there's an in, there is a narration in the intro of each episode, of, of the intro music, is Jace is trying to get back to his father to reunite the two halves of the root that he has, of, that he wears around his neck. It's this magical root. And then if you combine them, you'll be able to fight. You'll, you'll defeat, defeat the monster, the monster minds. minds. So the monster minds are trying to get Jace's root and destroy it and destroy him in the process. So that they can't be destroyed. Yeah. And he's got a couple of followers. He's got this little like like five-year-old child-sized robot. It's but the robot an eternal an eternal squire. Yeah, but but it look and his name is Un. Uh, oh, really quickly, Jace is voiced by uh, Darren Baker, who really hasn't done a whole lot, but he was uh, Officer Hardtop in the cartoon show Cops. <laughs> Cops. Uh, and Jillian, who is a is a Gillian. Wiz- Gillian is a is a wizard, and he he is a voice in heavy metal. Gillian is weird because this show. One of the weird things about this show is that technology and su- technology and magic exist in the same. World in the same yeah, world, which is fine, and, and they're they're just as potent to each other. So Gillian is a wizard, but he is also a mechanic. He's the Dave Sex Machina of the show. No, he's not. Oh no, yeah, well, sort of. He is. There's plenty of times when he is. Yeah, so. he. So in part of the time, he'll be like repairing and making upgrades to the vehicles with his mechanical prowess, and then the other times he'll pull some literal magic out of his literal ass and save the day somehow. Yes. And, and then we've got uh, Oon, who's voiced by a Canadian comedian named Lubba Goy. She's done a bunch of voices, but one of the things that she's known for is... Being annoying as fuck? Well, that character is annoying. So the... Ooh, the little master! Master! It, I, was, I didn't realize it was a woman doing the voice. I didn't either. Until I looked it up. But, but it's the voice of Lots of Heart Elephant from all the Care Bear stuff. Now, Lots of Heart Elephant actually sounds like a woman. It's got more of that, like, Bart Simpson-y type yeah, of voice. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the Care Bear cousins. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, did you know there was apparently a never-ending story anime uh, animated show? I do remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. She did a voice for for um, one of the characters in that, and okay. I I had no idea that it existed. Well, we'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's called the never-ending story: the animated adventures of Bastion Balthazar Bucks. Way too long for an animated series. Yeah, but that's 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 some uh, that's some R title gore right there. Not what <laughs> we're here to discuss. Um, yeah. So there, there's some other voices here. Have, um, well, the other main character, or the other, the other two main characters, or not main characters, but supporting characters, you have Fauna, Flora. Flora. Sorry, Flora. There was an episode called Flora and Fauna. I think she's a uh, she does a lot of assistant directing. It's behind the camera work. She worked on Suits. Yeah, that, the character is some other stuff. The character she plays is weird because she is a girl. She's very clearly a girl, but she's got some. In nondescript psychic powers. She but claims she's, that she's actually plant-based. Yeah, she's plant-based and she was grown... She rides on a giant fish, which is never explained. A flying fish named Brock. Yes. And it communicates, and by, of, it communicates by going like... It sounds like a squeaky toy. Yeah. And then uh, you've got... You've got Herc. Yeah. Herc is... Oh, God. Herc, Herc, is we- Herc is a weird character right off the bat because they... So... In the very first episode that sets up the whole premise of the show, they're trying to get off the planet. They're trying to get off their little from their little area that they're in. And they can't get off because the, the monster mines are attacking them. And they see a ship flying over them. So, what's his face? Gillian shoots his magic up and makes the ship kind of crash. And it's Herc's ship. And he tells them, like, he gets them to help fix the ship. And then they sort of, in a very, like... A New Hope way cons him into taking them off planet. And this is what I don't understand about his character is that he he very clearly in the first episode is like, I'm only taking you because you're going to pay me. Because they trick him into thinking that he, that they've got like all this gold. Gillian makes a bunch of lead bricks that he has lying around turn into gold for a time being. And he so he thinks he's rich because he's got all this gold on his ship. He just got duped like hardcore. Yeah. And so that sets up, at least for the episodes we watched, a, a series of things where all it seems that Herc cares about is gold and did, money. Did you notice what his full name is? Herc Stormrenner or something? Herc Storm Sailor. And Luke, his ship, Luke Skywalker, is the derpiest fucking ship ever. It's bad. I it's, mean, yeah, it's, it's a, really uh, bad. It's essentially if you took a an 18th century barge with big sails, because it, it all you look at, all you see when you first see it is the bottom part, like the keel and and the actual body of the ship. But then when it gets out into space, it deploys these like solar sails, and it makes it look like a regular old timey pirate ship. Do you know who the voice of that is? I I did, but I can't think of his name right now. Uh, no, no. What he? What else is? Well, his name is Len Carlson. Do you know what else he's voiced? No, but his voice was super familiar. So he <laughs> he's the voice of Ganon from the Legend of Zelda. Oh, my favorite! Your favorite! Oh! <laughs> uh, he's actually done a decent amount of stuff. He was Senator Kelly in the '92 X-Men cartoon show, and he was the the main one of the main villains, Big Boss, on that uh, animated show, Cops. He's oh, also yeah. the voice of Swamp Thing in the '91 animated series. Oh, Green Goblin and Spider-Man. Uh, so he's in, actually, back in '60. So he's 67. actually done a lot. Yeah, he cause... worked on Dino Saucers along with a couple other people on this show. Dino Saucers is a uh, Anthropomorphic dinosaur uh, space. They were cartoon al- show? yeah, they were aliens. Yeah, 
And several of the people in the show are in it. So the voice of Audric, the dad, who also does um, some of the other like the bad guy villains. Yeah. Um, he's actually sort of a somewhat well-known voice actor. His name's Dan Hennessy. And he's the voice of Braveheart Lion from Care Bears. Wrong! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he was um, the voice of RoboCop in the RoboCop cartoon show. And Chief Quimby in Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I love Ro- I love the well. I never really watched the RoboCop cartoon because how can you take something as hyper violent as RoboCop and actually make it into a good cartoon? I watched it, it was like a Sunday morning cartoon show, and I I remember liking it. But I, at, honestly, at this point, I remember nothing about it. I just so I don't know if it's any good or not. But um, <laughs> drop it, drop it, get her alive. You're coming with me. There's another voice actor in here who uh, his name's John Stalker, and he worked with several of them. He was. A voice uh, in the Care Bear show, the character named Beastly. But he that guy's done a ton of stuff, too. Star Wars Ewoks, Star Wars Droids back in 85. Dino Saucers, Tidy Ruxpin. The, one of the ones that I remember, and I've mentioned this before in one of our prior recordings, is the 1982 Toho Wizard of Oz, the Japanese animated one. I've, I've seen that one, yeah. He's the voice of the, of the Tin Man. And I, that movie, I got a VHS copy of that from a McDonald's because uh, <laughs> they were selling them for whatever weird reason in the early 90s. And we begged my parents to let us have one. And I, I watched it until the tape uh, was got destroyed. Yeah. So basically, for this, for and there's this some other stuff. We don't need to go into every voice actor here. I mean, well, there's a bunch. I was going to say. Here. So basically, for this show, you have you have a, like about half of the voice actors that have done other work, and then a a good portion of them that have done nothing really. The last one I we need to mention is the main opening announcer. Oh yeah, I recognized him right away. And I was from like, what from America's Funniest Home yes, Videos. Yes, the original one with Dave Coulier and um, no, no, no. You're thinking of not Dave Coulier, pre oh, Dave Coulier. Oh, uh, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Yeah. No, Dave Coulier did America's Funniest People. Oh well, sorry. Whatever. Same ba- shit. Back yeah. in the back in the mid '90s, uh, uh, early eight or late '80s to, to mid '90s. Yeah, ba- back in back in the day when they had the uh, the uh, <laughs> the home video awards. It was like pre Break.com and. Yeah, you know, pre Ebom's world, but but you had those competing shows. It was America's Funniest Home Videos and then America's Funniest People. It was yeah. like they were on different networks and they yeah. both did the exact same thing. And one was Dave Coulier and a and a woman that I can't remember. Dave Coulier, I think, was on NBC because Funniest Home Videos was on ABC. But yeah. something interesting. So you probably didn't know this, but he um, he was actually the uh, announcer for Next Generation for the first three seasons. Really? Yeah, he was replaced later by uh, Don LaFontaine. Don LaFontaine? That's a he's a yeah. he's a prolific movie trailer guy. Yeah, but this guy's kind of a prolific guy too. Something kind of interesting about this guy also is he came to L.A. He was originally from someplace else. He came to L.A. in '66 to try and get acting work, but he had a hard time getting a job. Um, and his son claims that quote he was a bad actor, so he never really made it. No, he was bad. When we used to make home videos. He'd be in them, and he was bad. We'd be like, you fucker, no wonder you couldn't get any jobs. <laughs> His son, by the way, is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, who's been nominated for six Academy Awards, so he would know something about that. He would know uh, something about bad acting, then. Uh, he probably would, too. I mean, considering he directed There Will Be Blood, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and Punch Drunk Love, I'd imagine uh, he knows something about good stuff, too. That's uh, something, but, um, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I thought that that was really kind of like a little interesting, like, side note. I Because I had no idea that they were related. 
Yeah, I didn't um, either. That's that's crazy. That's really kind of cool, though. Yeah, you know? you've got a um, you've got a guy with a great voice who is a terrible actor related to a great director. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> who, uh, at least he did something. At least he did one good thing with his life. So let's kind of. Well, I had an idea. Let's kind of go through these just a little bit at a time. We'll just kind of briefly mention the episode. We'll talk a little bit about it, and we'll just move on. What do you think? I yeah. I mean, the the thing about this episode, or the, this show, is that the shows are are almost it. Almost entirely episodic. Yeah, like there is an over there's an overarching storyline of of Jace is trying to find his father, and but nothing's really connected. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, each episode just sort of jumps one to the next, and and random things happen, and then they're closed out at the end of it. I mean, maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a two parter at some point during the run. But I mean, the thing this episode, there this show is just very weird. Like it. So one of the things that you'll see, like, from the first episode called Escape from the Garden, and you'll see this in other ones where, like, they have these giant skyscraper-type vines that will just grow. Like, they just... They dis- grow across the cosmos. Yeah, and it from nowhere. Like, yeah. it makes no sense at all. That, those um, are what the monster minds use to, like, invade and take over a planet. Yeah, and Which, in the first episode, the, the, quote, warriors of light, they live in this giant snow globe, and then they they escape and they leave. Like, Sean had mentioned all the yeah. guys... Shitty derpy uh, spaceship. Now I, I have to say the monster minds really are very much a. They get they got their shit together and started conquering the universe super fast. In like within less than twenty minutes. Yeah, like they 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 evolved and they're just like they established. A, we have a society yeah. and we're just taking shit. They over. established a hierarchy. Saw boss was at the top and they started conquering the galaxy. And apparently everybody knew about them immediately because everyone knows what the monster minds are. And they start taking over Well, not just planets. that, but the guy who created them, Audric, because the, the medieval knight's like recounting what happened or whatever. And yeah. Audric uh, creates these things by accident and immediately knows that they're called monster minds and that their leader's name is Sawboss um, and that they have an armed force with them. The- it's like... He the created of, the mythos in his brain, and then poof, there it was. Yeah, the thing about the, one of the things about this show is that like a bunch of shit happens and never gets explained. Like never. Like they just, you know, you don't have enough. You don't have enough uh, invested in the material to just let them create things, and you assume things. Like you don't have enough. You don't have enough invested to just. Suspend your disbelief, yeah, and and accept whatever they're giving you because like, they establish things. They say like the little guy Un, the the uh, the eternal squire. He recounts like he escapes with from Audric to give the route to Jace, and in the time it takes him to escape, the monster minds have taken over the entire galaxy essentially. Yeah, in a, in within, lit, within like, like literally a span of twenty minutes. Yes. It makes it, and and like at first I was willing to suspend that, but then I sort of was like, why did they not explain that? You would have thought it would have been like a longer process, maybe they're on another planet, but nope, just like boom, here it is, deal with it. Kid. And one of the other things that I thought it was funny that they never explained is they just so they're part of the Lightning League. That is the name of the defenders of the name comes from apparently there was some old uh, group of heroes and. The wizard takes Jace 
over to this big pile of crystals. Yeah, a la, a la Superman Returns. Yes, and he digs down into it and pulls out this like ring that looks like a high school class ring. It does. And then Jace puts it on... And it does nothing for the most part. Like, it, that is the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, his, is the ring. But he never uses it. And it's never explained that it's got limits on power. So, like, why he doesn't use it all the time, I don't know. Yeah. But at the, end of the, at the end of the first episode, he turns into a giant plate of glass and cuts through everything like butter. Yeah. And they escape. It's so and I was like... What just happened? This show has absolutely no sense of danger or conflict or urgency like nor- normally, when you're writing a story, ever, and I say this as I say this as an amateur writer. Normally, if you're writing a story, you sort of set parameters for whatever your characters are. You know, you do you do profiles. Like this guy is like this, and in your mind, if not on paper, you're thinking like, okay, this guy, this character, like this is how this character acts. This is his backstory. This is why he's this way. Yeah. This is this like. Power. That's part of the problem people had with uh, Indiana Jones' Crystal Skull is because they turned Harrison Ford into this character that was a little too goofy, and he lived in a world that was um, it was all ethereal, like ghosts and the supernatural, and all of a sudden they just plopped him down into science, yeah, and and made him climb inside refrigerators that get blown up with nuclear blasts. And yeah, stuff. So, it's the same problem that you have. It's okay to suspend disbelief, but if it, it if you're having to suspend your disbelief outside. Of the universe that they create. If they say something's dangerous, show that it's dangerous. Suspension of disbelief is like a contract that you have with... With with, the writer. With the writer. Yeah. And the writer is supposed to create a world that, even within that world, it doesn't have to be believable within our world. No, but within the world they've created. Within the world they've created, the, the suspension of disbelief allows them to create a world and create the laws and the rules inside that world... And, you know, do things. They're essentially God of that world. So if they're not being a logical God, you've lost your your suspension of disbelief because things start don't making sense in the context of that world. So right. in the context of the story, Jace has a ring that can do whatever the fuck needs to be done at that at any given time. So For no explanation. So at, in and the, no time limit. So in the so in the. In the first episode, when their vehicles, to- by the way, are also impervious to damage. Yes, they get shot by stuff all the time. It will shake on camera, but nothing happens to them. They sustain no damage. They don't even bother to draw damage. They're the wheeled warriors. I got man. The intro is the <laughs> best part of the show. It's because it's because it's Shuki Levy. Yeah, Shuki well, Levy has has, I texted, has had a hand. I texted you about this. Like, it, if you do like a supercut, if you put them all together. Uh, if you got like say Power Rangers, you've got Mask, you've got Wheeled Warriors, uh, you've got a bunch of these you shows. Got pole Position. Yeah, that was the one I thought yeah. of. Dino Saucers. Dino you put Saucers. a bunch of these, together. and he also did a bunch of background music, which we'll get into. Oh yeah, that's some, like, true. Some some um, ambient music. But going back to it, in the first episode, the the way that the ring works in the first episode is the monster mind vines are holding the ship down and. Jace uses the ring and it literally turns him into a glass thin piece of glass or whatever. And he do you just remember fl- Shrinky Dinks? Yes, I do. It essentially That's turned him it, into a Shrinky Dink. Looked, yeah, yeah turned him into a Shrinky Dink. The thing that pissed me off is from the first episode to the second episode, he apparently, I don't know how much time had passed, but he apparently learned how to use the ring a lot better because now he has a thing that activates it. He says, what is it? Ring of, ring of light, something might. Well, I think the first episode was a pilot. And then they, they probably got some, like, notes, and then they finish off the series. That's probably what happened. Yeah, Ring of Might, 
something. They're like, you need to have a catchphrase so the kids remember. So when they buy the toy, we can say it on the commercial. Yeah. It's probably something like that. Yeah. And Um, and it literally, in the first episode, it turns them into a sheet of glass. In the second episode, it does something else. Like, there's no limits to what the ring can do, which makes you wonder why he doesn't just use the ring at all all the time. Because he's never been told that the ring has limits. He no. never, he's never been told that Gillian. He never say anything about it. Gillian would have been the one to tell him that, and he no. never says like you can only use this once a day, and then it needs a twenty four hour reset or something. It's no, like a, they'd say nothing about it. Uh, well, leading up to that, the second episode is called the Vase of Xiang. Xiang, what is it? X I X I A N G. Xiang. But several times throughout the episode, it's pronounced Chang. It's pronounced Jang. It's pronounced Jiang. You get a bunch of like weird random pronunciations, which is kind of irritating. Um, now, this show was this show was uh, produced uh, in Canada, right? Yeah, I think so. uh, no. Canada. It was France, France. France. So it's, done in France. It's a weird. It's a weird show that was broadcast in America, but it was produced in France. Yeah, but a bunch of the voice acting work happened here. So yeah. The, so in the second episode, we get to see the. Uh, so. This is also a plot device throughout the show where Jace has the the root the root in a ne- in a thing on his necklace and from here on out I'm not going to call it the root I'm going to call it the monkey fetus necklace because that's what it looks like it looks like he's got a monkey fetus suspended in a necklace and it's creepy as shit and it glows every time that they need to propel the the plot forward to take them someplace new yeah it's it's like it it's like a homing beacon for his dad yeah and what happens is uh, what happens is, is they're constantly they're constantly chasing MacGuffins. They're constantly they're constantly in search of things, which is what they're doing in this episode. Is they're looking for something. They're looking yeah. for this this vase, this random vase from that, the third star age. From the third star age that apparently Jace's dad had written them a message on. Like that appears only it's only when, when they when they hit it on some. It's so dumb. Yeah, when they whack it with with. Uh, so this episode also is it, it look because I watched some other episodes after this um, after the six that we watched for this, and I'm going to go into why in a minute. Um, I because I your daughter is a torturer. She is. Uh, she likes the show. Uh, she really does. But but so I've seen that I've seen more episodes, and it looks like not every episode, but every couple of episodes, they'll try and work some sort of like slapstick shtick into it, and the music in the background's like it's like vaudeville. Yeah, it's super vaudeville, and then the slapstick is really bad. There was this point when uh, Gillian, whatever. Just think Gilligan. Gilligan? Gilligan. Yeah. With his stupid hat. So there's this point when Gilligan says, Lightning League forever. God, and it's so apathetic. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. he has no... He It's like the actor didn't even care. He's like, well, they're paying me, and, and I don't want to eat cat food, so his voice, I guess this is how I'll record it. The, the voice normally is... It's very much like this, where he seems very disinterested in whatever's going on on, on screen. It's just, and I, I don't think hmm. that that was intentional. I think he's just honestly just interested in his job. Yeah. It's um, like, oh, I'm here for another hour reading lines, so I guess I'll just... What's going on? This is a good episode to mention the background music. Oh, the background music, yes. So the background music, I noticed, at least in a couple episodes, that the background music... Very much was exactly the same as background music in like Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon. It's a three or four second thing, and and it 
sounds exactly like the ghost they use that to cue they would always play that right before they play spooky music in yeah. ghostbusters and and there's other ones in other episodes there's one in i think it's like the uh the the next episode the third episode called steel against the shadow and this is the dramatic music that they use in dino riders now you watched dino riders a lot more than i did i, I watched did. dino saucers oh i watched dino them both riders. yeah I had the toys for Dino Riders. I actually had a VHS of the first uh, of the pilot, and and in it, and I remember because on the VHS they had commercials on the VHS. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but they were they were like commercials from from Tyco, the company that was making the Dino Riders toys, and okay. they were commercials for Tyco uh, radio control, like remote control cars. Oh yeah, and they were the coolest commercials ever. So I didn't care. Like I was like, yes, sell me uh, whatever you want. I'm willing to be brainwashed by you. Yeah. This so, this show has, like, some moments like that where, like, it's almost like they intentionally wrote it to try and get you to be interested in the toy. Yeah. And one of the things, too, and this goes to the writing, uh, it is, I and I text this to Chris while I was watching it, is that you never really feel like anybody in the show is in any real danger. You never feel like anything important is going to happen either. Yeah. Because... Because the the protagonists always end up... It doesn't matter what the odds are. It could be two on a hundred. This is the perfect episode to mention that, too. Yeah. Because in the end of the episode, Jace, Jace is trying to find this, this vase. And then Sawboss knows that he's trying to find the vase. So he asks everybody to bring the, all the vases that they have so he can destroy them. And... He gets Jace get, and Un get essentially thrown into this blast furnace where he's going to melt down all the the vases to make sure that the one that he's looking for is gone. So the light warrior shows up, right? Uh, in the giant box. Remember, they show up in the giant box. The, the light oh, yeah, warrior yeah, show yeah, up in the yeah. giant box. The, That's the completely League, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a box with tank treads, and they're impenetrable to damage. Yeah, there's literally like there's literally like but they 30- leave. And they leave it there. Yeah, there's instead like, of traveling in it, there's like thirty monster mine vehicles that are just blasting it, and nothing is happening. They're just so too super casual about it too. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. But before that, Herc shows up on a horse, and the animation could not be derpier. Oh, it's awful. It is the. It is. I don't. It looks like something I would have attempted, and I cannot draw horses at all. It looks really, really just a bad. It's. I mean, I would suggest maybe watch clips of this show just so that you can try and find this kind of stuff. And I know what they were trying to do because Herc is supposed to be this like sort of swashbuckling rogue. It's he's not, supposed to be it's he is ineffectual. Su- he is supposed to be he's supposed to be Han Solo. That's exactly who he's supposed to be because he, that's who he's set up to be. And yeah, he's Han- a smuggler. He only cares about money. He's this like yeah, like I said, like a swashbuckling rogue. Yeah. That's exactly who Han Solo is. Well, and to get back to your point about them never being in danger and working that in, when they're trapped in this furnace, they all end up in the furnace. Like the the Drokar um, saves them uh, and Herc's inside it, and they end up they've drilled into the furnace. They get out of their cars and they talk. With zero urgency, Herc even has time to put thousands of pounds of gold vases into a giant net bag, attach it to the back of his car, and in the meantime, they're saying, we have to hurry, and they drive out. All of this before anything bad happens. Yeah, and and this happens too a lot of times where they're in like a battle with the monster mine vehicles, and they're, like I said, there's only four of them. There's only four of them plus the like walker thing, and... 
The, so it's four on like four dozen, and there's never any sense that they're in any real danger because they just they drive Steam around roll. them. They yeah, they just absolutely knock the shit out of them, and they never. It's like even when their vehicles get shot, nothing happens, and they're always like trying to avoid getting shot too. They are so they they try to make it look like they're scared, but then they'll actually get hit, and then nothing happens. See, I was thinking of all the these how- characters are pow- all these characters are Mary Sue's. All of them. Yes. They're they all are. Mary Sue's. And, and, like, I was trying to think, like, what else is this comparable to? And I was like, well, it's sort of like in G.I. Joe because, or like, they, they have the aim of stormtroopers, right? Oh, in yeah. G.I. Joe. We're they, like, everybody shoots, nobody gets shot, nobody gets hurt. But at least in G.I. Joe, at least they don't get hit and then walk away from it. It would be like if you're watching G.I. Joe and yeah, everybody is shooting, there's all these lasers and it feels like there's urgency, but that's because nobody's got hit. Yet, you feel like it could happen. But this is like, they'll blatantly show the vehicle get shot. It leaves no mark. Uh, the vehicle continues to run. Everybody's okay. That's just the magic of Gillian's technology, I guess. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And that's you know that's part of the big reason that this show, like, number one, the story is awful. The, st- the writing is awful. And I was comparing it a little bit to, uh, to Jem. Because Gem was another, I mean, this was a product of the 80s. There's a lot 85, of, yeah. There were a lot of shows out there that were, that were essentially, not essentially, that's exactly what they were. They were designed, they were long, they were 22 minute long commercials to get kids to buy these toys. And the difference between this show and something like G.I. Joe or Gem, where is that the person who was actually writing the show in G.I. Joe and Gem took the time to actually create a world beforehand before they even wrote the episode they did character profiles they yeah they did things where they did world building sort of uh, something not comparing it to but sort of something like like tolkien would have done where you do this all this research and prep work before you write the right. show so that you have a basis of how characters are supposed to act how the world is supposed to go what things are going to happen what the politics are whatever and you actually have something to 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 move from, and this show did none of that. It just sort of presented things to us as on like an ad hoc basis. It would just throw it at us like this is happening now, and you're like, okay, why why is this happening? Why are any of these things happening? Why is this guy like this? Well, and I like that you're mentioning this about the writing because uh, so this was produced by Deke. Deke. And it was animated by Sunrise, the same people who did G.I. Joe. And they also did, like, Cowboy Bebop and stuff. You wouldn't be able to tell because the animation's terrible. The animation is really bad in this. But Deke Deke was the the producers, and one of the writers for Deke is a guy named J. Michael Straczynski. And he wrote about a quarter of the episodes for this show. And he's done a lot of stuff. So uh, he wrote the 2011 uh, Marvel film Thor. And he did a screen adaptation for World War Z. And he wrote. He he actually is a is a co creator for the TV show Sense Eight with the Wachowskis. He created Babylon Five. It's not like he doesn't know how to write. Yeah. He also did all the story editing for the real Ghostbusters until basically uh, they had the switch over, like when the Slimer episodes came in and got more terrible. And he said, "quote." That he was attempting to hijack a dopey concept and make it into something more. That could not exemplify, like, the story of each of these episodes anymore. Yeah. It's, 
You know, it, I always just felt like, where's this going? Where's this going? What's going to... And then I got to the point where I was like, fuck it, I don't care. And, I don't care. And the thing about this show, too... And- like, I'll watch anything, by the way. Yeah. I will watch anything. And I was like... I watched a couple episodes, and I turned to my wife and was like, I just want to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. I'll watch the rest tomorrow. And the thing about this show, too... That never happens. The thing about this show, too, is that the... Having it be a completed series that is already done and they're not going to make any more, you know that there's no resolution to the story. And there's no resolution to the story. They made 65 episodes of this show, and there's no resolution. It's like Pirates of Dark Water, where nothing end up ends up getting resolved at the end because there was never a finale to the show. According to Straczynski, a movie had been commissioned along with the series, kind of like the Transformers and G.I. Joe ones. And he wrote a script. But due to the failure of the toy, the toy line prep for the movie never happened so the the script exists so so had the movie been filmed it would have provided like a finale for the series where jason is lightning league meet the original lightning league somehow magically and they get trained on the home world of the guardians he'd be reunited with his dad but then his dad would have been killed by saw boss as the monster minds start their final assault and then in the final battle, Jace would unite the roots and destroy Sawboss, enter- ending the Monster Mind threat forever. That would have been the plot for the movie. That actually sounds like it would have been sort of interesting. Yeah, that more sounds interesting like, than that the show. That sounds like it could could have been a movie unto itself. It didn't need the sixty five episodes leading up to it. No, none of these were necessary. And like um, I said, most at least the episodes that we watched, they were not nothing really carried over except for the characters. So everything was episodic up until that point. So really you could have just had the movie. And that's one of the things where you have this you have this like overarching thing that carries over from show to show and then you never resolve it. Like that is an insult. And like not that the show was very popular. It's no, just... but and like and the writing is pretty bad. Like there are some quotes here that actually if the third episode is prime for this, I'm glad that we're still here. Yeah. Uh, on the third episode. There's this one quote that the helmet says. I am here. I wait. I am the power. The power to do. The power to be. I am yours, and you are mine. Destiny brought us together to this place. Once I have your body, I can rule the galaxy. Take my revenge. Yes. Yes. Even in sleep, you know what you must do. Join us. Now! Just a little longer, and we will be one. And then, and then there's another one, another one later, where they're talking about putting the helmet back. Ba- basically, this episode's about an evil helmet that could come to life and create a whatever. The Saw Boss has very little to do with this episode. And, and then there's another quote where they go, Well, we'll put this thing back. And immediately, and then they, they, Jace goes to put the helmet away, and he goes, you were waiting for me, and now you wait for the next one, but there won't be any more. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, when I was watching this episode, uh, it was last night, and my wife was kind of hanging out on the couch, and she, she just started laughing, and I was like, what? She's like, 
didn't you hear what they were saying? And I was actually in the middle of taking notes. It's like, I was like, I, not really. I kind of zoned it out. She's like, I understand why, but rewind it and listen to it again. So I did, and I just started laughing. We actually, I think we watched that scene maybe three or four times because it was it's so bad. And yeah. it's not just that like the that the the vo- the vocalization is terrible. I mean, yeah. the voice acting is like they phoned it in. But it's animated bad too. Yeah, everything about it is bad. And and I I text Chris while I was watching this, and I said every script seems like it was like that it was written at four thirty on a Friday every week. Like they just rushed. I think you said four forty five. Four forty five. Yeah. yeah. It like four thirty is generous. It yeah. was like rushed, rushed, rushed to get through it. And that's like that's essentially every episode is that it's just it's just garbage. Like. I try to find I try to find the good, or at least I would think that I would try to find the good in any show, but this show is just the only good thing about the show is the theme song and that's all about Shuki Levy and that's it. Yeah. Well, I the other thing too that I think is weird is just the name of the show, Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. Yeah, I for and the I, longest time thought it was Wheel Warriors. So did I. And I asked Joy, it's like, well, uh, why didn't they just call it Wheel Warriors? And she goes, well, maybe they had a lisp and they pronounced it Wheel Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, you know, I don't I don't think we need to get into the rest of the episodes because they're all pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, the, the other episodes are called Silver Crusaders, Ghost Ship, uh, Flora, Fauna, and the Monster Minds. And there are some fun quotes in here. I mean, there's some weird shit that happens. You know, Ghost Ship is a, is a dangerous... They, they go to this dangerous ship and... I mean, I'm going to show Sean. These are my notes for the fourth episode. You know how much notes I have. Yeah, take. he has half a page of notes. I have half a page for other stuff. Like, when we did Gem, I was doing two pages back-to-back per episode. Yeah. This is like, there's nothing to write about because nothing happens. Yeah. This is worse than Back to the Future. I have less notes than I had for Back to the Future, and, and that show had nothing happen. And I think I think the reason was, is this, this show, and it's apparent, that this show didn't have a whole lot of planning go into it. I mean, we've talked about it already, but this show was just, it was not a well-developed or well-planned show. They the had, concept was bad, yeah, too. They were... And this is this is really indicative of the materialistic go go eighties, where every toy line that came out had to have a show that came with it. But sometimes those shows were good, like Ninja yeah. Turtles, like Ghostbusters, like Gem. Like although Gem didn't have a lot of toys, but well, you know, Gem was based off of toys. There were dolls that were well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's not like it's not like they had a toy line extensive like no. some of the other ones. But or like, shows that didn't have toys, like Galaxy Rangers. Yeah. They said, well, "Fuck it, we don't need toys. We got a great show. Screw you guys." Yeah, that was. It seemed to be in the in the eighties. That was almost the only reason. The mid eighties, in particular. Yeah, yeah, the only reason to have a show was to promote a toy line: Transformers, He Man, Joe, He Man, Rainbow Bright, Strawberry Shortcake, Gem, Rubik the Amazing Cube. Uh, what else? Pole position. Pole position. Mask. Mask, Mask is such an offender. Mask. Yeah, exactly. Challenge of the GoBots. Um, what else? Like, these are all ones that I'm just... I don't have this list in front of me. I'm just coming up with these off the top of my head of shows that I remember. But these are these are indicative of this time where you have a toy line and you develop... It was almost part of the marketing plan is that you... you no, it was because remember for Turtles, uh, they wouldn't even greenlight a... 
the the guys who who created turtles they wanted toys yeah and they, and playmates wouldn't even okay toys unless they developed an animated show yeah which actually ended up being to their benefit because they created this amazing nine series or nine season uh, cartoon show that was a massive massive thing but most didn't work out that way Thundercats Silverhawks I mean. Which also Saban and, and Levy worked on too. Uh, yeah. The music for those two. Ba- basically, if you remember an amazing theme song from the eighties or nineties, you a have cartoon, Saban and Levy to thank. You have Shuki Levy to, to thank. Mostly Shuki Levy. Mo- yeah. Mostly. Shuki but Saban Levy. wrote Saban wrote a lot of that stuff too. But you know what? The music is what is is the kick. I think on a lot of those, and, and Shuki Levy was a, was the musician. He wrote the music for those. Yeah, and those are the ones like. Pole Position, and this show, and Galaxy Rangers, and Silverhawks, and all those ones. Like, those are the Thundercats. Oh, come on. Thundercats is like the ultimate. Like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. I, I wanted to just mention really quickly. Um, so, th- because, y- you know, we're talking about, it feels like things were poorly planned. And there is a line in the sixth episode that that we watch where Fiona, um, Fiona so, Flora, so, uh, Flora, whatever. I always mess the name up. Yeah. So so Sawboss shows up, and uh, Flora goes, "I sense strong a strong evil force," and Jake goes, "Well, anyways, yeah, <laughs> let's go back to the ship." He completely ignores her, and and also. In that sixth episode, they're looking for Cobalt Forty Nine, which is the supposed to be the the fuel for their ship. Or it's something that no, it is. The, it's, it's the directional thing because they could they could move the ship, but they couldn't okay. like navigate. But, it. but it's Cobalt Forty Nine. Yeah, and and we were I was I watched this episode also with my wife, who happens to be a chemist, and uh, she was like, Cobalt Forty Nine. Wait. Hold on, let me just double check. And so she went and she looked it up because she knew it was short, but she wasn't sure half like how short. Do you know what the half-life is? Cobalt 49? Uh three minutes. 35 nanoseconds. Oh. It's one of those like things that, that lasts like in a fraction of a second and it's gone. But in the show, like they just it's he, a crystal. They could talk about Cobalt 49, he just picks it up and walks around with it. Yeah. And like they don't like fine. Go ahead and make shit up. Just Co- make up a make up a chemical. Don't use one that actually exists. Right. If you're gonna if you're gonna make up one, make one up. But if you're gonna use one that exists, then at least be sort of accurate. I mean, Star Trek did dilithium. That's not a real. thing. No, it's made up. And then and then like throughout the show, Herc is looking for gold in every episode. But it's like gold is is a really plentiful element in the universe. Yeah. So why they're looking for gold makes no sense. Like there's so much of this show that just. It's like, as an adult, I just wanted to turn it off. Yeah. And, and, and I, I'm, I, honestly, I only watched it for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> really. This was one of the worst ones for me. And yeah, now my kid loves bad. it. It was pretty bad. So, with that said. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was telling Sean about this. I didn't want to tell him what it was. But we're sitting there, and ex- in, in an exasperated tone, I was like, God damn it. Why does Sabas just sit there? Because Sawboss does nothing this entire yeah, show. Yeah, he sits and he, he sits in a chair. He does nothing. He complains. The event, he, uh, every so often, he transports his whole base of operations to a planet that Jace is on, but then he always transports it back. Yeah, and so my so my my three year my three year old goes, yeah, Dad, why does Sawboss just talk and sit there? So then I asked her, 
why doesn't he drive his car? And she goes, because he's too busy talking and sitting. <laughs> Which is true, because like he does nothing. He just sits there, makes a menacing face. I'm Sawboss. And then his plan doesn't work out, and he goes, I better escape. And then he his ship morphs and Yeah, he's he's a classic leaves. he's a classic uh he's a classic villain where he's like, You idiots are incompetent! How can you let him get away? It's this this show's bad, you guys. It's bad. Yeah. I, I don't w- recommend watching it. No, it's it's do yourself a favor. The only thing, the only thing worth a damn in this episode or in this show is the theme music, and you can watch that on YouTube. We'll put we'll put a link to that in the description. Wheel Warriors. The, the theme is pretty rocking, and then the 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 end credit music isn't bad either. Because yeah. again, it's Shuggy Lovey. So yeah, this is like uh, it's it's like Galaxy Rangers kind of. It's 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 a bit, but Galaxy but not Ra- good. Yeah, Galaxy Rangers was good. Galaxy yeah. Rangers was really good. I'm even like the theme music. Like the theme music in Galaxy Rangers was amazing. It is. The theme music in this, amazing. Yeah. The rest of the show, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there uh, there's a bunch of other shows that Sean and I have talked about that we want to cover. Things like uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice or Pole Position or Silverhawks Silver uh, that, that we remember, but we haven't watched in a really long time. But we've seen the intro recently, and the intro is badass, and you we know, don't know if they're still going to be good or not. And and I think this is a good example of a show. Like This is a show that neither of us has, have... We have no nostalgic... Rose-colored glasses about the no. show. Neither of us watched this show. This show had a big following in France, by the way. Yeah, that's so weird. But this yeah. show, to me, and I think to you, objectively, is just a fucking dumpster fire. It it's is absolutely awful. a dumpster fire. It, and, and that's an objective opinion. Like, it, it was a bad show. I it feel d- embarrassed for the people involved with it. Yeah. Because especially some of these other people who, like, have legit careers... You know, some of these people... Like, this is like the black mark on their on their yeah. filmography. I mean, I mean, okay, fine. Len Carlson did Ganon, but he also did, you know, a bunch of other stuff that wasn't bad. We don't talk about my old stuff. <laughs> well, even some of his old stuff, it's like stuff that wasn't good, but like it's iconic. At least Ganon's iconic, you know? <laughs> uh, the other guys, like the Chief Quimby from... What? From Chief Quimby from from Inspector Gadget. Oh yeah, um, yeah. you know he's also the commissioner in uh, the Adventures of Sam and Max. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sam and Max. That's a great. That's like kind of an obscure uh, '90s cartoon show, but it was really really good. Also really um, also really fun uh, point and click adventure games. It is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. Absolutely. We got nothing more to say on this except it's terrible. Don't watch it. Yeah, don't. Absolutely don't. Don't let your kids watch it. Don't even get drunk and watch it. Just let this thing fade away into obscurity for the rest of its life. Yeah, at least with My Little Pony, you can make a drinking game out of it. Yeah. Uh, but this this you can't. This is not... The toys The toys failed. The show failed. Everything about this failed. Yeah. I so, mean, if, if, a, if a thousand years from now, the only thing left is the toys... You know, uh, buried in the rubble of our civilization because of plastic. Fine. Before we go, I have to say that the concept of the toys seemed like a seemed like a a cool idea because they were mix and match things where you could pull apart. If you look at the toys, they're stupid. No, no, no. I'm not saying that the toys were good. I'm saying the concept for the toys where they were mix and match toys where you could pull like wheels and and yeah, uh, you could switch the wheels and the weapons and the weapons and essentially build your own vehicle. Sort of. They were sort of like they were almost like interchangeable transport. Transformers, where you could like make mix and match the parts, yeah. and that's so that's cool. a cool concept. But they just such piss poor execution. <laughs> oh, it's so bad, you guys! It's so bad. Just don't. And the thing, you know, Sean and I, I don't, we don't, I don't think we we've ever talked about this on on a podcast. But mm-hmm. in person, like when him and I have been sitting and discussing, like 
we, you know, a part of us, like, the bad ones are kind of fun, because, like, haha, we get to laugh at it. But, like, honestly, we prefer to do show. We... It's more fun for us to do a show that's good. Yeah, everybody. I mean, the bad ones are fine. Like maybe, maybe you guys find it funny, but like everybody shits on show. Like that's that's an that's easy, a thing. That's an easy thing to do when you do like a bad video game or a bad cartoon or a bad TV show, bad movie. It's bad, whatever. It's easy to shit all over something, but it's harder to give a good review of something that's good. It's easy to be a critic, like a negative critic. It's harder to like point out and and promote something that's good i think because when you have something that's bad you can be funny you can be cutting you can be like critical critical there's a lot more like entertainment factor as someone who's looking at it but when something's good you just end up coming off as like a gushing like oh my god it was so awesome but i think that's good like there's there needs to be more good shit out in the world right now yeah i mean there's enough negative shit you know because some of these guys some guys did a great job with creating the like uh critical review response like angry video game nerd is my first thought yeah yeah, yeah. he is beyond iconic if you guys don't know who he is please go look him up his stuff is great james Um, rolf yeah james rolf he's got a website and all kinds of other stuff yeah yeah and he's even got an app you can buy if you want that it's just his videos and oh stuff. i did not know that yeah i wanted to support him so i paid for the app oh um, nice yeah it's a couple of bucks but um and, and there's there's some other guys that that will do like these kind of rage reviews where they yell and uh, make fun of it and like and that's funny you know mostly because honestly are any of you guys gonna go out there and go play top gun on nes i mean really you know no you're not but but you might go out and download uh, the fun games, but you yeah. don't want to hear about the fun ones because you're just going to download them and experience them anyways. Yeah, but so yeah. I you know again I would not recommend this. No, absolutely don't. not. Don't do it. Don't don't watch it. Kids love it though. Mine absolutely loved it, and I'm telling you for your own benefit, do not let them see it because then you'll have to watch it. Yeah. No, don't do it. That's why I watched the next episode, Fire and Ice, where they go to an ice planet and save a bunch of weird midget people in cloaks uh, by throwing snowballs into a fucking volcano. Jawas? It's, God, dude, it's so bad. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. I think that's a pretty sterling uh, recommendation to not watch it from both of us. We got both two thumbs down, two 20, 30, 40 thumbs down. Um, and that should probably do it for this episode. Yeah, I think that's going to do it. I think next we were going to do Centurions. Centurions Power Extreme. I don't remember anything about the show either. I No, I remember the show. Okay. I absolutely remember the I show. I remember the I, toys, but not the show. So I absolutely remember the show. There was like a sky vault with a super hot chick, and she also had like an orangutan helper. And I... Uh, I knew there was a guy with the jetpack. Yeah, Ace McCloud, stunning air operations specialist or whatever. And then uh, John remembers way too much about yeah, Centurions. Yeah, there was a there was a ground guy, a water guy, and oh, what was the Max Ray <laughs> underwater the underwater? It's like so stereotypical. Yeah, it was it was Ace McCloud, Max Ray, and I don't know what the stereotypical guy. black guy who's on the ground who doesn't get to go. No, he was white. He was oh, was he white? There, they, were no, they, there were no. It was black not guys. even Burger King Kids Club. No, there was no black guys. Of course all not. White. Of course Max not. Max Ray was brown hair, brown hair, and I think he had a goatee. And then the the guy in the sky was blonde hair, and then the uh, the other guy didn't have any facial hair, and he just had brown hair. And I can't remember what his name is, but he was the land operations specialist, rugged land operations. I I have a feeling, and I'm going to call it now, that this show may not be good. I mean, probably not. <laughs> I will say, and this has nothing to do with the quality of the show, is I had a Centurion's bed tent. 
Oh man, so you were way deep in the hole. Oh yeah, I had, and it was a, it was a, and I don't know if they made these for other shows, but they had, it was a tent that you would put literally over your bed so you could sleep in like a polyurethane. (laughs) If in a house fire you want to be melted to your bed, (laughs) put this tent over your child. Yeah. It protected me from monsters. Oh, okay. The toys were cool because uh, essentially the toys were, the guys were wearing these suits and you just plugged them. It was like plug and play. You would plug the things into the guys to make the... Oh, like the the backpacks or whatever into them. But it was all over. So they would have stuff that went on their arms, on their chest, on their back, on their legs. Because that's in the show, that's what they would do. They would get like zapped... With the stuff, they would, I, have missiles, I, they would have missiles on their arms. You were like describing a, stuff I remember nothing about. Yeah. So I, I, I very vaguely remember the intro, and only because early or mid last year, uh, when you and I were in the very beginnings of working on the show, I think we'd only recorded like a couple of episodes. Yeah. And you and I sat down and watched a supercut, a bunch of like really awesome like intros, and that's yeah. when we wanted to do Jace and the Wheel Warriors. Yeah. And we saw the intro for Centurions, <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. What's that? And you're like, oh my god. So I I have no idea. I'm calling it now. It's going to be terrible. And I'm sticking to it before I know anything about it. You know what? I what what What's funny too is I think that... I don't know if it's the same guy that was in a bunch of different cartoons like as, a, as the announcer. But I feel like every show that had an announcer for the, for the theme song, a narrator for the theme song, just like Wheel Warriors and just like um, uh, Galaxy Rangers, it was like the same guy... And even if they weren't, they, it's like they tried to be. Yeah, they're like, Centurions, Power Extreme! And then, Oh, it reminds me of the uh, in AD Power one. Up from uh, Altered Beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rise from your grave yeah. and rescue my daughter. Well. Yeah, that, <laughs> that'll be next time. Yeah, well, we can work on this next time. Yeah. Uh, I think that for, for us... That's that's it this week. Yeah, uh, we've got Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, if you um, search on Twitter for our, our handle is uh, Remastered Cast, and uh, if you search for Childhood Remastered on on Facebook, yeah. you'll find us. Yeah, tell if, us what uh, you like. If you have any suggestions, I actually got a suggestion a little bit uh, earlier. It was from a friend uh, who said that what about Page Master? Oh, the one with yeah. Macaulay Culkin, and I thought about that, but I. It, I don't because it's live action, but I, we did Rockadoodle, so yeah, it's sort of we the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I I d- very very vaguely remember that. I don't even think I I remember it. Uh, Patrick Stewart's in it. He's the adventure book. Oh, Captain, and, my Captain. Yeah, and Whoopi Goldberg and Christopher oh, yeah. Lloyd. Dinan is, is in it, and Christopher Lloyd is the page master. And oh, I forget who plays the horror book. I want to see it now. Yeah, I want to see it. It sounds like a dumpster so may- fire. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. <laughs> and, and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, yeah, before he looked like he did a lot of drugs. So. Before he did do a lot of drugs. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah. So if you want to send us an email, you can do that at childhoodremastered at gmail.com. Um, we also want to thank uh, John Howarth for the use of our theme music. It's called Nascent. You can check out a link to his SoundCloud on our webpage. Please absolutely leave us uh, reviews. Write a review if you can on... On the iTunes store or wherever or, you get your or Stitcher or Google, Google Play, Play, wherever you guys are listening. I mean, the website's fine, like we get those too, but it kind of helps with the search algorithm when when uh, shows populate. We, you know, we we have some listeners overseas, so if you guys want to leave uh, some reviews in whatever language you you natively speak, feel free to do that too. Yeah, uh, just just please, um, please, please. 
Leave a review. Yeah. Even if it's crappy, I don't care. Just leave, leave a shitty review. No, okay. No, John, don't John do made that. a face. Don't leave a don't shitty review. Don't do that. Five stars. We'll delete it. Yeah, five stars all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll, that's it. Yeah, um, and that, that. So that'll, I'm Chris. And I'm Sean. And until next time, this is your childhood remastered. We will see you then. Whee!